Welcome to another bonus special edition of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, and I'm coming to you from Bangkok, Thailand. Good to check in with you guys. Uh, today's going to be a fun episode. A couple, we're going to talk a little bit of stories uh, from an NFL preseason and a training camp. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, LeBron and uh, some NBA uh, news. And then, uh, and then we're going to finish it up with uh, kind of a little re- some uh, funny stories from Vietnam and uh, all that junk. So uh, I got my coffee. I hope you guys are ready. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. So I think I think this is what I'm. I think I'm going to start a Cowboys player suspended of the week. Um, segment because at this point it's just getting ridiculous how many players have been suspended uh the the on the, for this week's episode of cowboys suspended player of the week defensive end demontre moore suspended for substance abuse so you know I, I got a question from uh gary again you know he asked what do you think is the main cause for all these dallas players getting in trouble and, you know, you hate to really make assumptions about anything, honestly, but, you know, based off a of long history, I think the Cowboys front office um, and upper management has a big problem with their character evaluations of players. We've seen the Cowboys not mind signing players accused of domestic abuse, players with substance abuse. Clearly this team, I mean, in this, this office just has a problem with understanding what, what players have uh, character flaws and serious concerns and they they tend to overlook them and just see the talent but if the player is being suspended and they're not on the field then it's not going to matter how good they are uh talent wise so um you know an- another reason i think that they keep getting in trouble i think they don't have any leadership on the defensive end i mean especially now i mean we lost four of the five uh starting corner uh, cornerbacks and safeties uh, that were their veterans and now I mean it's just a bunch of rookies and like uh, fresh faces on there um, and I think that that really hurts the defense I mean obviously in offense you got all you got tons of leaders Dak's looking like a great leader obviously you got Jason Witten who's probably the biggest one the o- offensive line is, is obviously the the best in the league so you have you know you have tons of leadership on the offensive side of the ball which I think helps uh, the young wide receivers coming in um, Bryce Butler seemed like he's done, been doing pretty good. He's uh, had a good training camp so far, but the defense just needs someone who is respected and is and can be a good leader for these um, for these men because this is just getting ridiculous. The amount of suspensions. I mean, you got who you got David Irving, you got Randy Gregory. Um, you know, we had like a, a slew of uh, suspensions last year, so. The defense keeps a high caliber player on the defensive side that'll uh, keep these guys in check. Uh, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk a couple other uh, NFL, just you know, training camp uh, stories. The uh, one, oh, oh, the yeah, the the one that I saw that I thought was really interesting. Um, Mitch Trubinsky, obviously the, the Bears, they go, they trade up, and they they really wanted him. It was really concerning that he he fumbled three times in like the first five days of practice. And apparently all the fumbles were just QB center exchange, um, which if you don't know what that is, that's basically when the, the center snaps the ball, he hands, hands it right to the quarterback. I mean, if you're fumbling the under center snaps at this stage in, the, in your career, that's just it's just not acceptable. So that's obviously it's just training camps. So it's maybe not a big thing, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Got Jameis Winston was spotted in a knee brace on his left knee. Uh, that's pretty interesting. Just you know, just to keep an eye on because he could be a pretty decent quarterback. You know, now they got 
They got uh, Deshaun Jackson in there. You got Mike Evans. You know, that's going to be – I think it will be a good offense. So, it's it will be – it's going to be – it's a little concerning to see him in, a, in the in the knee brace. So. Um, oh, uh, you know, I, I tried to warn you all with the Cowboys. So, uh, Zeke Elliott, you know, they, they, clearly the, the front office knew that they, they think that there's going to be a suspension coming down. And I think that they wanted to uh, increase their running back depth so they can still have four running backs – Knowing that he will be suspended at least a game, and the and you know and I told I told y'all that they were working out people. Well, they finally they signed Ronnie Hillman, uh, so that you know that definitely increases the worry that Zeke's going to be suspended. Um, you know they wouldn't do that unless they 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 knew that they were going to need some more running back depth. Um, so that you know if if that that might make you uh, hesitate a little bit more to draft Zeke um, as high as like you know spot three. You know, and another thing, uh, Mike Clay, uh, he just came out with his uh, strength of schedule, um, and he grades the Cowboys as the toughest in the NFL, which is which is uh, definitely you know, and that's based off of a current rosters, not off of last year's uh, win total. So, uh, you know, if if you if you think if you think he was he's going to get a ton of volume because the Cowboys are leading, uh, that might not be the case this year. But um, the other thing, like I also have been saying, is that they, they want to increase his role in the, in the receiving uh, in the receiving side of the ball. So in, the, in training camp so far, uh, he's been lining up in the slot. He's been going to the outside. He, they've actually been putting him uh, in a lot of receiving roles. They, and, the, the, and the coaches really want to uh, expand that side and get him the ball as much as possible uh, because they know how good he is at eluding tackles and just a great running back in general. So, you know, in PPR leagues, I think I think he'll still be a, a, a slam dunk of a draft pick. Obviously, I don't I don't think it'll impact it that much. But it definitely, if you know, if you're trying to split hairs between him and Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson and even some of the you know bigger receivers like Antonio Brown, like that matters uh, like a, a suspension, and especially at the running back position because anything could happen to anybody at any time. So. You want as many games as possible from your uh, first round draft pick. So, you know, keep an eye out. Try to draft late, so that way have all your information. Uh, one more cowboy story. Poor Lucky Whitehead, man. So this is such a weird story. So he gets cut after a mistaken identity. Um, apparently, this guy got caught shoplifting, and when they and he didn't have an ID on him, so they like asked for his information. And somehow he knew Lucky Whitehead's full name, his date of birth, and his social security number. And like, and so they arrest him. And they think it's Lucky Whitehead, and the Cowboys get word of this, and they immediately cut him. Uh, I just you feel bad for the guy, obviously, like that that sucks. But how the hell does someone know all that information about you? I mean. Your full, I mean, and not like, not not just know it, but know it off the top of their head. That's, I mean, that's just weird. Um, oh, I almost forgot this. Just saw this too. So, yeah, that the, the lucky hot whitehead situation. It sucks. Um, he was definitely a, a decent return guy for the Cowboys. Um, we drafted another one. Uh, hopefully, he can fill in. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but. Hopefully uh, we'll be okay on that side of the ball. But uh, David Irving, another defensive, um, just uh, this this cow this, this cowboy squad. He has his nipple ring ripped out in practice, and apparently it ripped out so bad that it's it won't it wouldn't close up, and it's, it might even be an issue for him uh, wearing pads and going forward. You know, if you're in a 
if you're in a sport, right, that is gets that is constant contact, and especially in the trenches at the defensive end, you are just literally pushing right at each other's chest. Wouldn't you think to remove your nipple ring piercing? I mean, I don't. I think that's just like a just a little common sense there. So, oh, this this squad. So another one more NFL story, and then uh, we're gonna talk a little LeBron. <laughs> I saw this. Julio Jones loses an $150,000 earring in a lake. And he even tried to pay a dive team to go searching for it. But obviously, they're not going to find a small earring in a massive lake. You know, if, if these, these, these players make me laugh so hard, man. I just, I, don't, I just don't understand why you would not put that up. I mean, I, put, I, don't, I don't have like a $30 watch I would put away if I knew I was going to the lake. You know, don't wear $150,000 earrings out in the open water like that. Unbelievable. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into some NBA. So you got Derrick Rose goes to the Cavs. Obviously, that's a, that's a pretty big move because that basically means that now they have uh, they have a point guard to replace Kyrie, assuming that the, the Cavs want to make a trade. Um, you know, it, this, I think this is, this is kind of like the, the sign that Cleveland, uh, it's, they're, they're, they're starting to fall apart. Um, you know, Derrick Rose is a great player, but he's, he's not Kyrie caliber. You obviously you got Kyrie wanting to get out and, uh, there's a lot of questions whether or not LeBron's going to stay there. Um, but you know, with Derrick Rose going to the Cavs, that definitely uh, puts the Cavs in a kind of like a, a spot to really try to deal uh, with the team to get rid of Kyrie and get some uh, better assets on board. You know, so this is the the main um, sports kind of topic I want to talk about on uh, today's podcast. I, you know, we started to see signs of this in the finals, and I think LeBron is starting to lose. Uh, you know his title is king. His reign at king, I think it's it's. We're starting to see signs that it's it's coming down. Um, you know, as as good as LeBron played in the finals, I mean, you can argue that Durant played even better, and that he he put up he put put up great production on the offensive side of the ball, and when he wanted to, he could lock down defensively. Now, granted, the same argument can be made that, you know, he doesn't have to try like LeBron does and has to go 100% every single second he's out there. He can take a he can take a step back here and there and, you know, let Steph run, let Steph and Clay, uh, you know, be more of the on-ball uh, guards. But, uh, you know, with LeBron, he has to play 100% all the time. So, but... The, the reason, you know, that I think he's starting to lose his kingdom is I think he's starting to – I think his ability to get free agents to come play with him is starting to decline. Um, obviously, it, it peaked whenever he went to – whenever he went to Miami, he was pretty much able to get darn near anybody he wanted to play with him. But uh, now, you you know, you have – obviously, the, the first one that I thought was really surprising was that CP3 wanted to go to Houston, um, you know, over – you know over Cleveland was was really interesting uh you know obviously the banana boat crew LeBron CP3 Mello Wade um you know they they always talked about wanting to play together but they haven't really done anything so far to actually make a move on that but uh you know so I thought it was really interesting that CP3 chose Houston and then you also hear uh you know Carmelo obviously just the his relationship with the with the Knicks is just destroyed 
Uh, there's really no going back with that. So, but what I think is, I mean, he did, he does want to go to Houston or Cleveland, but I, it, it seems that he wants to go to Houston over Cleveland, which is also interesting because you know that's that's just what I'm saying is that LeBron is losing his ability to that you know his ability to pull free agents the the way that he uh, used to have it. Um, you know, you also have Durant. You know, you're, you know, while it, you know this isn't a big deal, I just I also thought this was interesting. You know, he, yeah, a fan uh, says LeBron's still better than K, uh, than than Durant on uh, social media, and uh, you know Durant just responds like, "Nah, no, 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 he's not." And you know that you know was well, like the little thing, and you know Durant is kind of kind of weird on social media. Um, it's 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 definitely there's there's definitely signs starting to show that you know obviously as LeBron gets older he's gonna you know his his, his playing his, his performance is gonna decrease it's gonna deteriorate but the the free agent thing is really what I pay attention to because that that's kind of why he's the king of the NBA um, you know and then the other thing too is you saw uh, if you if you saw on the social media. Uh, Steph Curry and uh, Kyrie were at uh, the same wedding. Uh, Steph Curry was making fun of LeBron's. It looked like he was making fun of LeBron's uh, workout video that he posted shortly after the finals. And uh, it, it kind of appears that Kyrie's egging him on, or you know, it's, he's definitely not upset about it. He's laughing in the video. He's smiling. So that you can, you know, Kyrie obviously wants out. Uh, none of the none of the other banana boat guys want to are really showing a ton of interest or the. You know, priority interest to go play with LeBron. I think I think LeBron is probably going to leave Cleveland. It's I mean, with oh, it's just getting more and more likely that he's not going to want to stick around. Um, you know, the, the the Cavaliers are also stuck in a kind of a bad spot because they've had to pay so much luxury tax to these uh, to get all these other free agents that they're like I mean, last year when they won the title, they weren't even. They they weren't even they didn't even make money they uh, I believe they lost like a hundred million or something ridiculous uh, at, at when it was all said and done which is you know for for you know if you own an organization in the, in the U S where it's NBA MLB NFL they have been some of the most uh, successful businesses to own I mean it's almost a guarantee you're going to make a ton of money uh, so you know if you're not that that's a really big red flag and when and if LeBron does leave not only is he you know he would have accomplished he would have got a title to Cleveland uh, you know and then also he would have kind of screwed over uh, Dan Gilbert and uh, not and uh, you know and kind of screw up the situation uh, for you know Cleveland going forward because if they have to pay all that luxury tax uh, you know they, they still have to pay a lot of money to keep these guys uh, on the on the roster um, so we'll see what we'll see what goes on with that um, all right so I think oh uh, a couple, just a couple MLB uh, notes just to talk about you have um, you have, uh, let's see, Jonathan LaCroix goes to the Rockies, Yu Darvish to the Dodgers, both, both, the, the Rangers, uh, kind of near the trade, trade, trade deadline. Um, it's pretty interesting, I think, because, uh, you can tell that the Rangers are trying to, you know, at least they're trying, they're trying something, um, uh, you know, props, you know, they're, they're trying to obviously improve their team so they can try to make the postseason. Uh, they're kind of like stuck in like a little bit of a limbo right now, right on the cusp. So. 
All right, so I'm gonna have a cup, a sip of coffee, and then uh, we're gonna talk some bullshit. So uh, give me one second here. All right, so I kind of wanted to just do a list of the thing of um, what some of the crazier, more interesting things that I've uh, seen that I saw so far in in uh, Vietnam and Thailand. Um, the first thing is. And this is going to be. This isn't really like a numbered list. It's just uh, some things that I, I that I wanted to write down. So the first thing that I've noticed is, if you can make money uh, doing something, whether it's in Ho Chi Minh or like any city, like let's say, like if you have a business that is making money, everyone will copy the absolute shit out of you. Um, in in Moi Ne, literally every ten yards there is a business that'll offer uh, you know jeep excursions and there's hundreds of these things and they all they have a they have a, a jeep and they pack you in there and then you go do uh like a four-hour excursion but it is i mean there's literally hunt like and it's just down one road and then not only that i mean you have when we get to when we get to the excursions uh there's these sand dunes and you can take these little sled things down to ride down them and then even with that there's like 50 ladies that approach you right as you get out the door so um the it's just kind of interesting to see like i mean if you can make money doing it like everyone will copy you and it's the, the just it's super saturated uh the market that is um obviously if you if you've uh if you've known anything about vietnam like you know like this the that they drive um scooters mostly and that that's just a crazy scene to watch i mean there's really no traffic laws it's just one side of the road and the other side of the road going different ways and they they i mean these people will haul ass right at each other barely miss each other weave in and out cut each other off and there's there and it's just and it's just constant honking um <laughs> the funny i mean they 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 honk i guess to kind of just like let the other person know that they're there not because they're like mad at them so it's kind of a different uh it's a different it's definitely different uh to see if you if you're from the west if you're from the u.s uh, you know where we have so many traffic laws and regulations, but um, let's see. As far as uh, so that was kind of more Vietnam. Uh, the other thing, uh, there is a ton of Russian people in Hoi Ne, Nha Trang, uh, Da Nang. A ton of Russian people. Uh, I, 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 that was the one thing that you know I, I've heard about the scooters. Uh, you know, that was the one thing where I had no idea that that was a thing. There is a ton of Russians in in those cities um, on vacation. I guess because it kind of makes sense because there's not really a beach in like Russia to go to. So, uh, so that was pretty much all this, uh, the interesting things that I wanted to point out in Vietnam. Obviously, this it was beautiful. Not uh, Trang was beautiful. Moine was beautiful. Beautiful beaches. I think my favorite beach was in Da Nang. It's uh, it's like really, it's a really long and wide beach. Um, the sand is uh, very fine. It's uh, good on your feet. Uh, they have uh, they have, it's uh, the the water's a little bit uh, cleaner. It has like less trash in it, and then they also have like fun stuff to do there. Uh, obviously, Highlong Bay was probably the highlight of it. That place is beautiful. It's one of the seven like wonders of the world or something like that. Um, so. Yeah, that was pretty much about it for Vietnam. So, so a couple things that I've seen in Thailand so far, uh, in Bangkok. The the first thing that uh, nearly cost me when the the roads are on the left. So you drive on the left side of the road here, um, 
and the driver's seat obviously is on the right side of the car. It's pretty different. But when you cross the street, naturally, most people I would, I would think look left, then right, and then you know left again or whatever. But the first time, you, you know, when you get there, you have to look right first because the road's on the left side. And if you don't, if you don't do that, you can accidentally get hit by a car. So that was the first thing that I uh, that I thought was pretty like different about Thailand. Um, compared to like Vietnam and, and the US. The other thing is uh, <laughs> on this, I mean, so they have this uh, road, it's called Khao San Road, and it's kind of like their Bourbon Street, their Sixth Street. Um, it's really different or it's really fun. Uh, they have like a ton of businesses. That's, oh, that's another one too. And on Khao San Road, every like 20 yards or so is a businessman who's trying to sell you suits and he'll sell you suits for all kinds of prices and different things but there's a 50 of these guys just all standing out on the street the craziest thing i saw on cow san road was you could get a hit of laughing gas for about a hundred baht um and if you don't know the exchange rate a hundred baht is about three dollars so <laughs> Definitely, uh, if you're looking to get crazy, I recommend the Khaosan Road in uh, Bang in uh, Bangkok. So, all right. So, I, you know, when I asked uh, people uh, what kind of a lot of people wanted, uh, if you follow me on social media, uh, a lot of people wanted me to talk about the the train story. So, I just recently found out that my stepmom is watching so or listening so if Carrie if you're listening please don't listen to this because it'll probably scare you so um, so if you follow me on social media uh, you obviously know that I got kicked off a train so I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that story right now after a sip of coffee all right so first thing uh, I have to tell you is that so we needed we had to book me and Malcolm had to book two trains uh, each. We had to book a train from Na Trang to Da Nang and then Da Nang to Hanoi. So we booked both of those. The first one was really early in the morning. It was about at five in the morning um, that the train left and we had to get there like 30 minutes early. So, uh, you know, we, so we show up early at the train station. We both have our, you know, we both have two tickets on our phone. And we, so we show both of her, we show her both of our phones. She prints out, uh, she prints out two tickets. So we thought, oh, okay, she's just printing out just the first leg of the train. So we get the tickets, we go sit down, the train, the train, uh, the train comes and the first tenant lets me in and lets Malcolm in. And then we, when we get to the car, she shows us the car to go to, we get to the car the tenant lets Malcolm in, and then he lets looks at my ticket, lets me in, and then right as I'm about to step on, he grabs me again, pulls me back, sees, uh, looks at the ticket, and then says, "No, it's uh, this is the wrong date." When I look down, I quickly realize that uh, she had printed out both of my tickets, and the train that I had was not for the till the next day for the second leg. So I and so these trains they have a super strict schedule and they do they have to leave they do not wait for anybody so I quickly had to run and figure this out and then the other thing you have to know, keep in mind is that the reason we had to book this five one five o'clock morning tr train was that the next one wasn't till two in the afternoon and they these the this train ride took about like 10, 12 hours so we wanted to get to uh, Da Nang so we could see you know still see stuff so I quickly run over to the the back to the uh, the ticket attendant 
bang on the door, tell her, hey, like you, you know, you, you, you printed out both the, you didn't print out the right ticket for me. Can you pr please print it over? She looks at my phone. She's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll get you in. You have it right here. Just follow me really quick. So she runs out. So I go back out to the train station. She runs out there. She's yelling at the guy, hey, like let him in. He has his ticket. He's yelling back, no, it's the wrong one. You need to print out the new one. So then, you know, so then uh, I, I keep trying to show the guy uh, the ticket on my phone. Then this, then, you know, the, after the guy's still yelling at her, then this marshal comes over, I guess. He, he must have been like their boss or something. Uh, he comes over. He, he's, you know, he's yelling at her what the hell's going on. Uh, and then he shines his flashlight into my, like, um, like I try to show my phone on the, uh, on my, uh, the ticket on my phone. And instead of like just looking at it, he tries to like shine his flashlight into my phone and then obviously like can't see a thing. So then he just like yells at me and her like, no, you don't have a ticket. Go get a ticket. So then she runs, she goes back to the counter. I go over there with her. They, she starts talking. They, they, I guess they try to like book, they try to like print out the ticket, but it wouldn't work. Um, so then they run back over there and then by now, like this old guy had started like following me. He was like trying to like translate what was going on. Um, so then she goes out there, the, the, the ticket lady is like, I can, I, you know, I don't know Vietnamese. I don't know the language, but I can tell when someone's being cussed out, <laughs> she's cussing him out. He's cussing her back out. The marshal is then this, this old lady comes in who had been watching his side she she asked the lady what's going on she obviously tells him hey just let him on like why are you you know why are you being such a jackass about this the old lady yells this old lady had been like selling i think it was like plucked chickens or something uh off to the side or she was plucking chickens and then she's yelling at the marshal the marshal's yelling cussing her out the old lady gets furious for this at this guy and throws a freaking chicken at him he flips out and gets all the attendants and makes them go back on the train at this point i tried to get on um at a different car the flight attendant or the, the flight att the attendant let me on at first i get two steps on almost to freedom about to just run to the back of the car he jumps in he jumps right up grabs me pulls me off um and then says no you're, you can't get on the marshal gets all the attendants back on the car and then and then literally blows this whistle and they take off and the entire time they're like steaming away he's cussing her out i'm screaming at the guy like i gotta get on this train that poor malcolm didn't really know what was going on because he, he saw me get on the train and assumed that i was able to get on but i had got kicked act off so then the train leaves with malcolm on it i'm stuck there just cussing everyone out like tr or not cussing everyone out but just furious trying to figure out what the hell i'm going to do because I now I don't have a now I don't have a way to get there. Um, so then the you know, the attendant the ticket attendant brings me back in. They say they finally realize what they what they did wrong. Uh, they apologize like ten billion times to me. And then they they got me on like some different train that I guess I just had that wasn't on the website. That was a few hours later. Um, so then after they print me a new ticket, the old guy that had been following me around pretty much uh, told me what was going on. That's how I was able to know like what they were saying. Um, he translated everything. So so then, yeah, so then, um, so they print me out a new ticket. They say, okay, come back. It's like in about three hours. Come back then. Uh, you'll be able to get on. 
So I go to a nearby coffee shop, I come back, and then when I get back, uh, so they, they didn't really print me out a new ticket. They like got my ticket, they like stamped it, and then she like wrote on it like what, uh, what's like where I was, uh, what seat I was in and uh, what time and that uh, the new train information. So when I get back, there, when I get back there around eight o'clock, the entire staff is changed. So I'm already freaking out like, oh my God, they're not gonna know what happened. They're not gonna know uh, the situation. I'm not gonna get on again. So then I show the attendant, I, I, I show the new, the new ticket attendant, hey, this is my ticket. Can I get like a new one printed so I don't have to deal with this? She shakes her head. She's like, no, you're fine. Just come with me. So I go through, I go through, go through like the front gate, front, I, front gate ticket lady asks for my ticket. I don't have one. She's like, no, you can't get in. And then the, the lady, the ticket lady comes around and says, uh, here's this ticket. She's like, okay. And I'm like, oh my God, this is never going to end. So I go, so I go through, she goes up to this, uh, one of the train attendants and uh, tells him, uh, Hey, here's this ticket, get him on. Um, this, uh, uh, this is his new ticket. The guy looks at me, looks at the ticket, looks at me. He's like, all right, come with me. So then, then she's like, all right, bye. And I'm like, uh, no, please stay with me. But she left. So then, so he walks me over to another attendant, says, here's his ticket. Here's him. Get him on the train. He looks at the ticket, looks at me, looks at the ticket, looks at me. He's like, all right, let's go. So then we follow another attendant and I go up to the actual car. And then the attendant that was right outside the car, the guy says, here's his ticket. Here's him. Get him on the train. He looks at the ticket, looks at me, looks at the ticket, looks at me. He's like, all right, let's go. And then he puts, shoves me in this freaking cramped, like crappy box car with like, it's like, I mean, it's literally like five feet wide and like eight feet tall. And they somehow like fit like six beds in there. Um, and then, so then I had to sit there and just pray to God that I didn't get kicked off again. And thankfully I didn't. Um, had to ride the, the to Da Nang by myself, which was kind of crappy, but that was uh, that was my uh, getting kicked off the train United story. Uh, hope you enjoy, <laughs> hope you uh, can laugh at my pain. Um, I thought my stress would be over, but uh, looks like it's not. So uh, I think that's about it for y'all. So uh, we'll try to next time I see y'all, we will talk. We'll get back into more division breakdown for the NFL. Um, Till then. My name is Joey Morales. You can follow the podcast at the BBB podcast on iTunes and the BBB pod on Twitter. So till next time, folks, I will see you later.